Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, brought to you by RocksPile.com. I am Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts on the side, joined as always by my dear friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, how are you tonight, man? Pretty good, relatively speaking. How are you? You know, after watching... A lack of a lack of offense, a lack of production, a lack of whatever you want to say in San Diego. Ugh, there, there was nothing classy about that. I'm just throwing out the anchor man. There it was nothing at all. And as I tweeted, especially with the offense, is the note that we had from the Rockies PR team. If you haven't seen it, check out our Twitter feed, twitter.com/slash/rockspilefs. Um, go check it out. I mean, that was an atrocious atrocious series Uh, and as the many notes i have in the thread say um that is arguably the worst offensive performance in a three-game series the rockies have ever had ever 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 in nearly 30 years as a team and and how bad it was yeah and we're not just throwing that out to to spark a reaction or anything else it's truly bad yeah, and we're going to get the numbers on it in just a minute. But Noah, let's first thank our sponsor for tonight, and then we're going to dive into what happened in San Diego. Yeah, and that that was like we said, not a good series. But right. we do have a good sponsor, and that, yeah. and they are Manscaped. The their engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. And we have a special offer. Just for you, 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology with their trimmers now also have a multi-function on and off switch, which can engage a travel lock created for people like Kevin and me too, who like to travel. And it also has a 4000K LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even has a... 
adjustable length guard from sizes one to four. It also is completely waterproof and it also has wireless charging and the battery also lasts longer than ever before. 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com, FANSIDED20, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And we appreciate Manscaped being a sponsor of the Rocks Power Rockies Report. Noah, let's dive into those numbers as we teased. You know, uh, and again, Corey Little and the Rockies PR team always does a fantastic job of getting out the facts. By the way, I'm going to preface this by saying the Rockies PR team is by far the MVP of the, oh of the Rockies so far this season. And that's yeah. been much of a race, unfortunately, but nope. they are that's- the Kudos to Corey and his team. Kudos to Julian and the social media team as well. Because I'm telling you what, they are getting batted around like a pinata every night uh, in the mentions. So kudos to them for pulling through and pushing on. Uh, but, but hey, so the Rockies have been around since 1993. And in a three-game series, as you said, it's the fourth time this past weekend, or no, not weekend even, the start of the week, I should say, in San Diego. It's the fourth time in team history that they've been held to one run in a three-game series. And no, I'll tell you one thing that I was looking at was, so the last time that they were held to one run in a three-game series, 2012 at Dodger Stadium, okay? Yep. So three of the times that they've been held to one run have been in those California parks, San Diego. San Francisco, L.A. The fourth was actually at the Mets, which I thought was very interesting as well. But, no, I don't know if you looked at the numbers, but the Rockies scored one run in each of those three-game series. But what jumped out to me in the San Diego series was the amount of strikeouts. So in this this three-game series, the Rockies struck out 44 times and drew four walks. And the other thing uh, that jumped out to me, and then the other thing that jumped out to me was the on-base percentage. Oh. 160. That is the uh, least of what we have seen by what the Rockies PR team has provided. That looks like it is the worst ever on-base percentage in a three-game series in Rockies franchise history. That's how bad it was. It was bad. I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing. You and I were texting during it. We were obviously on Twitter during it as well. We saw what Rockies fans were saying. There wasn't a lot of positives to come out of this on an offensive side in any way, shape, or form. And this off day could not have come at a better time for the Rockies. And I asked Bud Black about that earlier today, and here's what he had to say about the off day coming on Thursday. Well, I think uh, you're right on the arms. You know, our, our arms were tested, uh, you know, that series against the Padres and the Reds. So much needed rest for a number of our guys in the pen. Uh, and I think for the for the guys, too, uh, right after, after this series. Uh, you know, there's some frustration. Uh, you know, guys are, uh, you know, lack, for lack of a better term, a little pissed off. Uh, but they'll bounce back. There's a lot of grit in this club, as you guys have noticed over the you know, the first part of the year. Uh, so, you know, today, uh, you know, we'll get on that plane and, you know, tomorrow guys will, will regroup. And Noah, one thing that 
that I think is really important to talk about with this are those strikeouts and the amount of times that we see Rockies batters at the plate. They're all trying to make something happen. They're all feeling like that the pressure is on them to kind of kickstart things. And you can tell because the strikeouts have just gone up so dramatically over the last week to 10 days. Yeah. And the one guy who was striking out a lot, uh, and still striking out some obviously, but was a lot better in this series and a lot better lately is Josh Fuentes. I mean, the Rockies had 12 hits in the entire series which is third lowest that they've ever had tied for third lowest um, because 10 is the lowest they've ever had in a three game series. Fuentes had three of those hits and Chichi Gonzalez had one of those hits. So they combined to have one third of the 12 hits in the series. I mean, that's, it's mind boggling, absolutely mind boggling how bad the offense has been. Now, the other thing, too, and we'll get to this and we'll get to it a little bit on the other side of the break, too, is you notice with all four of those uh, opponents against L.A., I believe it was in L.A., if I'm not mistaken. They were all road series, I believe. Yeah. L.A., San Francisco, San Diego, New York. What do all four of them have in common? They're at sea level. There it is. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. There's the word of the day. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think if you went back and looked, likely the Rockies may have gone from Denver straight to those series. Very possible. Yeah, we would have to double check on that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. And either way, if, if they're I at were, sea level. If I were a betting man like Saber Skeptic, I might put down money on that. I don't know. Just a possibility. And I would also put, if I didn't put money down on that, I would say that they were also at another sea level place. Like, for example, they started out the series in San Diego, but then went to LA. Yeah. Both are still at sea level. But yeah, I mean, that's something that has been a little bit of a hot discussion lately because the Rockies have been so bad on the road. Um, And on the other side of the break, we'll talk about specifically what manager Bud Black had to say about it and why you actually shouldn't be concerned about what he said, at least on the surface. But that will be on the other side of this break. And we're back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And especially for those who are very rational on Twitter, we know Twitter is definitely known for being for people that are rational. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably the most rational place, perhaps on the planet. Um, well, it, when I when I want to look for takes that are very level headed, I always go to Twitter. But anyway, yeah, I mean, if you don't, it, frankly, you're a bad person. Oh, um, no. So, <laughs> but um, so people are all up in arms on what Bud Black said about the Coors Field hangover. This was on Monday, and we were on the. Uh, Zoom call as well. And Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post was asking him about the Coors Field hangover. And Bud Black has been asked about the Coors Field hangover before. In fact, we actually tweeted about it before because we were on that call as well. And at the time, a few weeks ago, he was asked, do you believe in it? No. Entire quote. Thomas Harding, if I remember correctly, asked him again after 
And he said, well, no. Again, entire quote. This time he cuts Patrick Saunders off and says, no, I don't believe in it. Or in fact, the exact quote was, again, no. And fans are up in arms over it. And I have a problem with that. Why? What else do you expect him to say? It's like, for example, with Kyle Freeland in spring training. Oh, we're going to shock the world. and We're going to play really well, yada, yada, yada. And fans had problems with that. What did you expect him to say? Oh, we're a crap team. It's, it's March 1st. I don't, I don't even know why we're playing 162 games this year. Why are we here in spring training? Our team sucks. Go home. Bye. Would you really expect him to say that? Now, there's a difference between them saying it and us saying it or fans saying it. But you have to, uh, they have to believe in themselves because otherwise there is no point for being out there. But for Bud Black, his comments, what else, uh, A, what else would you expect him to say? And B, if he did say, oh, I, I do believe in the course field effect and it absolutely impacts our team. Why would he never say that? Because it gives his team an excuse. There is no excuse. There's absolutely zero excuse why the Rockies have not figured this out yet. They've been around for 30 years. They aren't a brand new team. They're playing at mile high in 1994. Okay, I, I get it. You're, you're in the second year of being a team. You haven't figured out what the humidor yet at the time and all that. But you're ne nearly 30 years in and you still haven't figured out this problem. So, but for Bud Black, he's not going to give his team an excuse, nor should he. No. Because there's no reason, there's no reason on this planet where you should be scoring one run in a series. Did you face good pitching? Yeah. But you've got to get one more than one run. And it should be, not be just Josh Fuentes and Chichi Gonzalez for a third of your hits. Well, and, and one thing that we know about Bud Black and, and that, you know, I, I'm just going to be perfectly honest here, Noah. One of the biggest things that has bothered me so far this season about the Rockies has been that a lot of people are going, oh, well, if you took Bud Black out of the equation, a different manager would have different results. A different no. manager would have done different things. No. That's somebody who doesn't know baseball, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the roster is not constructed to have success. And I'm sorry to all those who thought this was a playoff caliber team where they were built to compete. Uh, Dick Monfort, we're talking to you. You know, there's those with the purple pom poms out. You know who you are. Absolutely. You know, Bud is doing the best that he can with this. And no, you hit it on the head. Why would he say, yeah, there's a big Coors Field effect. You got that right. There's absolutely a hangover. He knows it. They are working on it. They're trying to figure it out. Yes, it's still how many you know years into the franchise now that we can say that. But for him to say no is not saying I don't believe in it. There's a completely different thing there. Yeah, and that's something where you have to read between the lines. Like, for example, with an injury of, okay, we'll let you, we'll find out tomorrow. Okay, maybe they know something tonight, but they just, they don't, uh, they, they don't want to overreact to it. Or, or it could be something big, it could be something small. 
But that's something where hey, you kind of have to read between the lines of, okay, uh, this was said and this was not said, but this was said with this inflection or whatever. But also too, it's not Bud's Black, Bud Black's fault that the team has no analytics department. And if they would have had an analytics department for the last 10, 15 years, like pretty much 29 other teams, then I don't think they'd have as much of a problem. And also too, they won't necessarily be constructed as they currently are. No. Because I mean, even like, for example, we've been talking about Josh Fuentes. Josh Fuentes would not have had three hits in the series because for most other teams, he's in AAA. I mean, it's, it's really that simple, especially how he started the season. Um, so as much as Bud Black says this a lot, and it, it is true to an extent, that's baseball. I mean, sure. sometimes weird stuff happens. And it's good on Josh Fuentes for picking it up here in the last week or two. Um, but like I said, on most teams, he's, he's not on their team, let alone hitting fifth in the starting lineup. Well, and, and let's be perfectly frank. There are a lot of guys on this roster that if you look, where would they be on a Dodgers roster? Where would they be on a Padres roster? And, and this is not a knock on those guys, okay? I want to make that very clear. Not a knock on them at all. It's a knock on Jeff Breidich. It's a knock on who constructed this roster and said, you know what? This is our team. This is who can compete. Yeah, especially when the Dodgers, I mean, David Price is like their seventh starter. Yeah. Because he's in their bullpen. He can't make their starting rotation. I mean – for the Rockies at this point, he's at bare minimum the starting rotation as long as he was stretched out enough. Bare minimum. You know, and, and it's interesting because one of the, the questions that was asked today of Bud Black was about Chichi Gonzalez. And will he stay in the rotation moving forward with Kyle Freeland coming back? And I'll be honest, before that question was asked, that really wasn't something that crossed my mind. But it is a numbers game. Yeah, and yeah. Chi likely may have to move into a bullpen role like a Chassin has been. Uh, you know, there's getting ready to be a huge shuffle on this entire roster. You look at Brendan Rogers coming back. You look at Carlos Estevez coming back. You look at Kyle Freeland coming back. There's going to be some fresh blood pumped into this roster. Which they awesome. desperately need right now. They do. They do. And, and, and that was what I was just getting ready to say, actually, is the fact that They've got to have something to kickstart them. And it could be Brendan Rodgers this weekend making his appearance at Coors Field. It's very possible that could happen. Yeah. And frankly, with Chi-Chi Gonzalez pitches like he has been, and he does it in the bullpen, he's probably their second best reliever right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I would not be surprised at all if there are some piggyback games coming up, if there are some bullpen games coming up, if you throw a Senzatella and know that he may not go as far as he might have in the past, or if a, you know, John Gray hit some problems in San Diego, you know, yeah. first time this year, we've really seen that, 
you know, if, if a pitcher has issues, at least you've got a Chi-Chi in the, in the bullpen. And, and I will say this, personally, I'm, I am a big fan of 2021 Chi-Chi Gonzalez. Uh, you know, he, he's actually a guy who's, as you said, has done well. He's their second best starter right now. Yeah. At least if you look at uh, ERA, if you look at um, whip, he's third. Um, hit, uh, hits per nine innings, he is fourth, slightly behind Marquez. Um, home run rate, he's the best of the five uh, guys. Um, walk rate, second best of the five guys. So, I mean, I, I don't think he has uh, – He he's not – at least yet he has not had the length to be a a, a consistent starter. He's, I think he's better as a long reliever. But also, too, again, this is where – on the Dodgers, he's he's in Oklahoma City. Sure. So, you brought up the home runs. Let me let me tell you something else that Bud Black said today in the postgame press conference. Because you tweet, you texted me and said, "Oh my God, did you see that?" When Charlie Blackman, do we say misplayed the ball? How do we want to say that that inside the park home run happened? Uh, I will say it was both. He misplayed it, and he's still injured. Exactly. Thank you, because that's exactly what Bud confirmed: is that the groin is still bothering Charlie. So I know a lot of folks were like. Oh, he doesn't care. He's jogging after whatever else. That was full speed Charlie Blackman, guys. I hate yeah. to tell you, that groin injury. Oh, well, Charlie Blackman, I can't believe he stole 40 some odd bases a few years ago. He's still injured, people. Exactly. You know he was out for the last few days. But again, Twitter is known for very rational takes. So, you know, so I, I really want you to think about, we, we talked about the off day. We talked about how big that's going to be, not only in terms of the guys who are striking out, resetting their mentality, not only in terms of the arms, because God knows they've got to rest their bullpen, but to get Charlie Blackman a little bit healthier is really important for this team on a lot of levels. Because again, there's no DH. If you want Chuck in there for his bat, you're going to have to have him for his fielding too. Yeah, and that's that's one of the other things where if the DH was – is still in the NL in 2021. In a way, I think it would have been great for the Rockies because, for example, with Blackman, you DH him, at least while he's still nursing this injury. Um, But then also, too, you have to keep another guy on the bench. And as many injuries as they've had, they've had a hard time having a bench. They have. And part of it is because – they uh, they did have that rain out where they wanted to keep the guys uh, all the starters I should say um, on on schedule so therefore they started Shasin and had a bullpen day um, so obviously that used the bullpen a lot but also too you have to use the bullpen a lot and have ten relievers when nine of them are pitching like crap <laughs> so I mean. As, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Jordan Sheffield's been their best reliever. Absolutely. And it, and the best thing is, too, it hasn't been that close. Yeah. It really hasn't. So, you know, we talked about this on a previous podcast, but I'm going to say this again. 
kudos to the folks who said that's worth a Rule 5 draft pick right there. Yeah. I mean – I just because, six weeks ago, we didn't think that he was going to make the team. Absolutely. You know, and, and as you said, he has been a guy who has shown he not only belongs on the Rockies roster, he belongs on a major league roster too. But kudos to the Rockies for picking that up. But doesn't that also show just how deep those Dodgers are that they could say, oh, this guy, we don't really have room for him. Sorry. Yeah, this guy, I – he he is not going to make our major league team. Um, now, granted, we didn't play in 2020, but he is not going to make our AAA team. He is not going to um, – he's going to spend part of the season in AA. Because in 2019, he split the season between AA Tulsa and Advanced A Rancho Cucamonga. Yep. And he's the Rockies' best reliever. He is. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more as well as hear a very interesting quote about him from manager Bud Black right after the break. And Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling back on the Rocks Power Rockies report. Noah, we teased Jordan Sheffield before the break. And as you said, he's been a guy who has been, you know, let's be honest, one of the few bright spots so far this season for the Rockies especially on the pitching side of things. Yeah. And Bud Black had a very interesting comment whenever I asked him about Jordan Sheffield the other night after his uh, performance in San Diego. Here's what he had to say. You know, uh, you're right, Kevin. I thought, you know, the last – actually, the whole season, uh, you know, he's thrown the ball well. You can can see that through his statistics. Uh, you know, I think we've tried to, you know, ease them into the season. You know, you know, we're now at May 18th, and we felt with a few guys in our bullpen unavailable tonight, uh, Givens, Almonte, uh, you know, we're going to try to stay away from those two guys. Uh, you, know, you know, tonight was an opportunity for Jordan to, you know, pitch in a one-run game in the seventh inning, and he responded. So, uh, again, we do think he's a part of our future. Uh, you know, that's why we picked him out of the Rule 5 draft. And we, uh, you know, kept him on the on the active roster, the 26-man roster, because, you know, beyond this year, we think there's a, you know, there's a quality arm. And I think we saw that tonight. And we've seen it the whole year. You know, the velocity was up a tick tonight. And, you know, he's got a feel for a changeup. So that was, uh, you know, some exposure in a, in a game that, uh, and not many games that he's had that type of leverage. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really good to see him respond. That was a good inning from Jordan. Very proud of him. You know, Noah, the biggest thing to me about that quote was that Bud Black isn't just talking about Jordan Sheffield this year and what he can do for this year's Rockies. They're looking at him as a guy that could potentially be built around in a future bullpen moving forward. Yeah, and the way he's pitched and considering that uh, Bud Black has admitted that – Sheffield has earned more high leverage situations as we saw in the San Diego series, seventh inning, one, one tie, and he's in the game and yep. he did well. He did. But I mean, I like, like we said in the second segment, Jordan Sheffield was, he's their best reliever right now. It's, it's not much of a contest, 
but also too, when you're competing against teams like the Dodgers and the Padres and the giants are pretty good this year, considering yeah. they're in first place. Um, when you're competing against teams like that, you can't have him be your only reliable reliever at this point, by the way, he, he has appeared in 14 games. Um, that is behind Bard, Kinley, Gibbons, Stevenson, and Almonte. And Jordan Sheffield is fifth on the team in war. Well, one thing that we know about Bud Black and that, you know, you've just got to embrace with Bud Black as your manager is that he's going to go with guys who he knows. And if you're a rookie or a newcomer to the team, unless you're a veteran, you're going to have to kind of prove yourself to Bud Black. And you mentioned it just a minute ago. The fact that Bud put him into a high leverage situation and he came through, that's going to pay enormous dividends for Jordan Sheffield moving forward. Now, Bud Black says every day is a test. And it's going to be for Jordan as well, uh, yeah, because yeah. I guarantee you, he's going to be put back in another high leverage situation. And if he doesn't do well, he's going to take that step back out of that spot too. Yeah. By the way, as we're talking about his stats, 14 games, 132 ERA, 13 and two-thirds innings, pitch, six hits, two runs, four walks, 13 punch outs. Um, I mean, he's got a whip less than three quarters. Um, he's walking less than three batters per nine innings, and he's striking out nearly nine per nine innings. If you look at ERA, the next best reliever um, is Carlos Estevez, but he's been injured. Uh, 3.6 ERA in 10 games. But if you look more than 10 games, um, the next best reliever by ERA is Michael Gibbons. If you look by fielding independent pitching, which is more on how the pitcher pitches and not how the defenders are behind him, um, the best reliever after Jordan Sheffield, you want to guess who it is? Kinley. And you would be wrong. Um, it would be Daniel Bard. Wow. Okay. Well, now I got that. I got to be honest. Yeah, and, and that tells you yep. how bad has Daniel Bard been this year? Yep. And better lately, but he really couldn't have gotten worse. Also, too, since I noticed this with Sheffield, it's a little bit off topic, but I'll, I'll go with it. On baseball reference, by war, the number one player on the team is Ryan McMahon. That's really no surprise with his defense. Number two is John Gray. Hampson and Tapia are tied for third and fourth. Sheffield is fifth. CJ Crone is sixth. Can you name number seven? Fuentes. Incorrect. He is number 11. Okay. Number seven is Chris Owings. Oh, jeez. Wow. He's not played since April 9th. That's how bad this team has been. Wow, that's a gut punch of an answer, dude. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Wow. He has not played since April 9th. He has not played in six weeks. And we are less than eight weeks into the season. <laughs> wow. He played for a week and a half. Less than a week and a half. He played for nine days. April 1st is opening day. April 9th is the last game he played. But they were glorious days. Let's be perfectly honest here. Yeah, they were. that was great how he was playing. He was yep. the best Rockies player through those – first few games 
but he is still seventh in war. That wow. is a problem. That's, that's a huge problem, I would say. He is tied with Jonathan Daza, Chichi Gonzalez. Yeah, Daza and Gonzalez. Trevor Story is number 10 at point four war. So where is Trevor Herman? Story is less than Chris Owens. Where's Herman Marquez on that list? I'm curious. He is number 12. Okay. All right. Behind Fuentes. And, and if you had told me before the start of the year, that's where Herman Marquez would be in terms of, of B-War and that Kyle Freeland hasn't pitched yet this year, I would say, I bet the Rockies are really doing bad. And, huh, look <laughs> what's going on. It's a shock. Well, my, my, my. My, my, my. So you mentioned Carlos Estevez. He will be back this weekend. I mean, you know, let's read between the lines. Uh, he is pitching Thursday night, uh, at least one inning in Albuquerque. Uh, if all goes well there, he should be back in Colorado on Friday. Uh, I would not doubt that he will be involved in a game on Saturday. Uh, if he pitches an inning Thursday night, we'll see if he's available on Friday. Uh, but I think Car- having Carlos back as well is going to give Bud another guy to put in a high leverage situation. And, you know, he and Jordan Sheffield, if they can show that they can really build that back end that so far, let's be honest, has been a little dicey. But if these two guys can actually show that, there's a little bit of hope, maybe. And Daniel Bard has pitched better lately. Like I said, he he really couldn't have gotten worse, but he has pitched better. Um, um, Kinley has actually not been awful if you get rid of the walks. I mean, uh, the the problem is you you can't do that. (laughs) That's the problem, exactly. I mean – He's only allowed seven and a half hits per nine innings, which is better than everyone besides he's tied with Givens, but better than everyone besides Sheffield. But he's walking six batters per nine innings. You can't do that. You can't. Yancy Almonte. Last year he was really good. This year he's the worst player on the team by war. He's got a negative 0.9 war because he has a whip of two, meaning he allows two batters for every inning. Uh, 11 hits per nine in innings, and he allows seven walks per nine innings. Okay, so let's play the game. If I remember right, if memory serves, Yancy Almonte does not have any options left. Negative. He does not. So, so Tyler Kinley does. Yes. If I remember right. So there is a very real possibility that Tyler Kinley will be sent down before any moves are made involving Yancey Almonte because the only move they can make is to DFA him. Yep. The guys who have uh, options in the Rockies bullpen as of Wednesday night are Daniel Bard with one, uh, Tyler Kinley with two, Justin Lawrence with two, which it will still stay at two because he's already been optioned once this year. Lucas Gilbreth, and technically, technically, Jordan Sheffield. But A, you aren't going to send him down, and B, he's rule five. So he has options, but you still can't send him down. Yeah, so we're getting to that point where it was something we talked about in spring training. The Rockies are kind of locked in, too, as far as the bullpen goes. That can make some moves, but there's not a lot of wiggle room. That's one of the reasons why Jairo Diaz isn't a part of the 40-man roster right now. Yeah. Because they had to make some move. And the uh, thing is, Estevez does not have any options either. No. So exactly. if you take him off, 
and let's let's say it's Hinley. Most likely, honestly, it would probably be Justin Lawrence, Lawrence or Gilbreth, just because they're rookies. Um, but I mean, if you, for example, uh, have Shasin and Gonzalez in the bullpen, you with right now with Shasin, you've got uh, let's see, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. You have fourteen pitchers right now mm-hmm. on the twenty-six man roster. What if they decide to go down to thirteen? Because Rogers comes back. Well, so then who gets sent down then? If you, the thing is too, is Gilbreth hasn't been great, but if you send him down, you have all righties. And we've, we've already played that game last year. You yeah. Know, we've, we've already seen how that turns out. Yeah. yeah. We know Freeland's coming back. We know Estevez is coming back. So there's two pitching moves that are going to need to happen right there. Yeah. And those are going to happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Estevez probably quicker than Freeland, but still, uh, within the very next few days, you're going to see those two happen. So it's very likely you could have a Gilbreth and a Lawrence go down. And, and I'll, I'll just say it right now. They're going to send another pitcher down for Brendan Rogers too, because who, who else are they going to send down? Trejo. Right. I, I, I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Connor Joe, they aren't going to send down because he's playing too well. Jonathan Daza is playing too well. And you aren't going to send down your backup catcher, especially because he doesn't have any options. Daza doesn't have any options either. So it's either Trejo or Joe. See, so, I, I almost think that they're going to have to send down Trejo when Brandon Rogers comes back because they don't have an off day now, which is weird MLB schedule. No more Day. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, I would say that you could probably go with 13 pitchers if you have Shasin and Gonzalez both in the bullpen. Absolutely. Yep. So you could have a little bit more of a bench and have Trejo on there. And that means Gilbreth, Lawrence, Kinley. See ya. Because other than Daniel Barr, those are the only three guys with options. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's not because those are maybe the best – Moves for the bullpen. Those are the moves you can make. Yeah. You're boxed into a corner. So yeah. unless, unless you cut a guy, yeah. which, which again, I, I don't see the Rockies doing honestly. Or if they do a trade, do they trade yeah. Michael Gibbons in the next week? Yep. Yeah. And you know, we, we have talked about uh, with, with Robert Murray, uh, check out our lost, our last podcast, Robert Murray. Not lost, and- last. <laughs> <laughs> I know the lost podcast. No, our, our last episode was from 2018. We play it today. <laughs> <The> Mixtape. <laughs> uh, you know, but Robert Murray mentioned in there, and he doubled down on it in his article on uh, earlier this week on fansided.com that John Gray could be one of the first players in all of Major League Baseball to be moved. Now, obviously, that would push Chi Chi back into the starting rotation. And that's an if, if all this yeah. happens. But if Freeland comes back, if Gray is traded, then yes, Chi Chi's still a part of the rotation, and some of these pitching puzzle pieces uh, don't have to be moved as much. Now, also too, that this might be a bit of a long shot, but do if, uh, for example, if Gray is traded and none of the relievers are not, do they consider more moving Jordan Sheffield to the rotation? Um, started two games in 2019 in the minors 
He started eight games the year before, and he was a full-time starter in 2017. I remember Bud saying in spring training on one of those Zooms, I remember him saying on one of the Zooms that the uh, Jordan Sheffield was going to be a bullpen guy, period. Yeah. That his, yeah. And which and most likely, I don't think he would be in the rotation, but I mean, that's, no. that's something to consider. And even, yeah. even if they do want to move him to the rotation, if he's still your best reliever, why, uh, why move something when it's not broken? And can I also throw another little fly in the ointment, as it were? Sure. Ryan Rollison. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. At some point, Mr. Rollison's going to be knocking, and they're going to bring him up this year. It, it's coming. So, and, and we know that's a starter as well. So, again, lots of, lots of moving pieces going to happen here. And that's why I said, how many weeks ago now? This is the most important season in Rockies history. You it's might want to be an awful, awful, awful season. Yeah. But it's pretty damn important. But you know, when Ryan Rawlson makes his debut, people are going to watch. Yeah. People are going to be excited about it. Just like when Justin Lawrence first got his call up and he had the crazy, you know, motion and, and, and the movement on his ball, people got excited about it. Yeah. God knows Rocky fans need something to be excited about. And guess what? Dare I say Rockies fans will be excited when Brendan Rogers comes up. Oh yeah. If, If, he actually plays well. Which well, we he hasn't know, in the past. He hasn't, but we know, you know, and again, I'm stunned if this doesn't happen. We know he's going to get plenty of chances. We know he's going to get plenty of chances. Yeah. And if uh, if and when Mr. Story is traded, uh, you know, we've talked about Mr. Trejo moving into the shortstop role. Rodgers can certainly play there as well. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that and something else in the world of baseball on the other side of this break. Back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And as we were talking before about the different trades, uh, that's uh, that's one thing I kind of wanted to comment on with Robert Murray. I, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on that too with John Gray. I mean, I... I thought I, I think Trevor's story is going to get them the biggest return. Yep. But also too, Gray is going to get them a decent return, at least of what Robert is saying. And most most of the things that he says do end up happening at some point. Um, obviously, with rumors, not all of it's going to happen. But um, hopefully, the Rockies, and that's part of the reason why I think it's going to be the most important year in their franchise history is because what do they get for those trades? Do they get a Nolan Arenado return or do they get something a little bit better? And Rockies fans need to cheer every game for CJ Crum because he is going to be a guy I think that's going to shoot up a lot of uh, people's uh, potential wish lists as well. Yeah. Especially if he continues, uh, if, if he shows that he's able to perform after getting off the injured list, which he just did. Yep. Um, yeah, he's going to get some feelers as well. Absolutely. So then yeah. the other thing, too, I wanted to oh, talk about a little bit is the news of the week. Um, again, obviously on Twitter, very rational people. Um, 
and very rational takes um, with Tony Larusa and your mean Mercedes. Larusa being the Hall of Fame manager of the White Sox, and your mean Mercedes being a rookie, who I believe is 29 and has spent a long time in the minor leagues since being 29, um, and hitting a home run when he had apparently a take sign on a 3 0 pitch when his team. when they were facing the Minnesota twins and the twins were in baseball vernacular being absolutely boat raced. And they were, it was 16 to three or something like that at the time. And he swings ninth inning facing a position player on the mound. Yep. And he hits a 46 mile an hour EFIS and he just absolutely launches it into center field. Yep. And he faced backlash for it because he swung three and oh, he didn't uh, use the take sign. And the thing is, the twins didn't really seem to have a ton of a problem with it. I think it was more exacerbated by Tony LaRussa, who has been um, seemingly on the twins side of almost everything, even though he's the White Sox manager. But Mercedes, quote unquote, broke the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, so I kind of wanted to see uh, your your take on that. This is that generational uh, baseball that is going on right now with the Tony Larusas, the Dusty Bakers, uh, these these more veteran managers that are out there, and the Tim Andersons, the Mercedes, uh, you know, the, Acuna, Acuna, absolutely. So you know, and and let's throw Tatis in there. Let's throw Machado in there. Uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of players out there that are having fun playing baseball and they don't care how it was played when George Brett was out there or when, uh, when people was out on the field yeah, or when Dusty Baker was playing. Absolutely. You know, they, they've heard of these guys. They may have been to Cooperstown, but that's about it right now. They, they're like, you know what? Hey, if, if I've got a chance after being, uh, not in MLB for so long, I get a chance to hit a homer. And I know that maybe that's going to result in me sticking around or me getting money next year. You better believe I'm going to swing three Oh. Yeah. And that that's, that's almost 100% my opinion, by the way, Mercedes is 28, not 29, but um, he, he's right now leading the American league in batting average. Um, he has six homers and 25 RBI entering Wednesday. Um, but for uh, the only problem that I have slightly with it is if it was a sign that he ignored. Because, I mean, whether you like Tony LaRusso or not, you should, be, you should be following the signs. Now, if you, occasionally, sometimes you miss a sign, whatever. But if, if it's oh, it's a 3-0 pitch, I'm not going to swing because it's the integrity of the game. That's a bunch of bull. Yeah. Because if you're talking, oh, the integrity of the game, and why do you, why you have a Williams Astadio, a catcher and infielder, on the map? And also, too, did I mention you're getting boat race? How about you pitch better? Don't give right. up 16 runs. Well, and you know what? That's what Trevor Bauer basically said on Twitter. Yeah. You know, if if you could hit a 3-0 pitch I throw out, you should do it. Yeah. Because, yeah, shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. Yeah. Guess what? 
um, maybe it shouldn't be uh, actually worse than the Rockies this year when you expect you were expected to win your division. Obviously, so, it's not be an awful team. How about I, I like your point about making sure that there is still that manager-player relationship. Yeah, and, you know, because when you start, that's mutiny at that point. You know, and, and I think that's probably what we're going to see from the White Sox <laughs> as this week goes along is there could truly be a mutiny in that clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, I think it's be players versus Tony La Russa. Yeah, which is something that I think will kind of be troubling. And with the Twins, they are, they are a talented team. They haven't played like it so far. I mean, they're the worst team in the American League by record so far. But I wonder, too, if this will be the thing that kind of wakes them up. Yeah. And if the Twins win by one game over the White Sox, yep. I, I, what will be the fallout from that? By the way, too, I just got a notification. We're, we're recording this on Wednesday night. I was going to ask about this, too, and it's funny because I forgot about it, and then I just saw it pop up on my phone. There's another no-hitter going on right now. Seriously. And that is with the Yankees in Texas. Uh, Corey Kluber has now hit the Rangers through seven innings. Wow. There was a no-hitter last night. It was the fifth of the season. Wow. So I I kind of want to get your reaction on offense in general because, I mean, like the Rockies' offense, obviously on the road they've been atrocious. The team, the whole team's been awful on the road. But at home, you look at the numbers and you're like, eh, gosh, if you just look at the average on base slugging, you're like, uh, it's not great. But then you look comparatively and you're like, holy crap. The rest of baseball isn't hitting. Right. And, 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 you know, you and I were sharing an article, I think it was from baseball America talking about what's going on in the minor leagues right now and how horrible that the play is right now. You know, we, we brushed over, I think in a lot of circles, just how much we missed out last year with development in baseball. Yeah. Uh, You know, not everybody was at the alternate camp, (laughs) not every, you know, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of minor leaguers that got set back and they're still trying to catch up from last year and no baseball. And so I think we're still seeing that. So it doesn't surprise me uh, that, that the offense is struggling this year. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. I think it will pick up by the all-star break. I mean, I, I do think that things will start to round back out. Uh, I, my hope is that major league baseball doesn't decide to help yeah. and use the ball or do something to, you know, it's bad enough. We've got the runner starting on second. In oh. extra Sorry. You know, uh, not a fan. Uh, but we don't need baseball helping out anymore trying to do the offense thing. You know, the mound pushing back a foot and everything else. I'm like, huh, you know, we're worried about the integrity of the game with a guy hitting a three Oh pitch, but we're going to do all this. That, that doesn't jive with me. Yeah. And that, uh, that's a thing that a lot of people don't like in general with just about anything. Inconsistency. Okay. Right. This is good, but this is, or like, for example, for umpires, okay, for this guy, that pitch is a strike, but the same exact pitch for the other team is a ball. Right. Just give me the consistency. And that's occasionally, sometimes, we, I mean, we've even had it so far with COVID. There are some states that are opening up. There are some states 
that have been open for months. And then there's some that are still completely shut down and people, uh, people don't like that. There's not the consistency there. Um, So back on the offense. So league average entering Wednesday, 236 average, 313 on base, 394 slugging. There are a total of one, two, three, four, five, six teams hitting above 250. There are three teams hitting above 260. That's it. I, I, I wish team right now, Seattle, they've been hit no, no hit twice. Shocker. Um, yeah. Part of it is they stink. They've, they've stunk for 20 years now. But um, they're hitting 199 as a team. As a team. You know, the, the thing is that we have to realize the impact that there's been on the game and, and, and all these things that we're seeing shouldn't surprise us, but we're such a reactionary society. Uh, I think it's like, Oh, you know, but, but how did we miss the signs all along that this was coming? Yeah. Uh, you know? and, and one thing that we've, you know, has not been talked about at all has been, you know, the pitchers were, we were so worried about them getting stretched out in spring training this year after a shortened season, yeah. you know, and after we get past 60, 70 games in this year, what's it going to look like as we get to the all-star break? Are we going to start having issues on the mound? Yeah. So. And I mean, by the way, for the offense, um, if you think the Rockies offense has been bad overall, which it has been, um, look at, look at the averages. Batting average in baseball right now is 236. Rockies average entering Wednesday was 244. On base, Rockies were 308. MLB average 313. Slugging, Rockies 395. Average in baseball 394. So, granted, they play at Coors, but they are the average MLB offense right now. That's how bad offense is. That's how bad it is. Absolutely. Well, we know the Rockies are heading back to Coors Field this weekend for three games with the Diamondbacks before they head out to the East Coast for the first time since 2019. Uh, so we'll see how those early start times go in New York and Pittsburgh when they get the Mets and those dastardly Pirates. Uh, no, man, we have covered the gamut today, man. There has been a lot going on. Anything else uh, as we wrap up, man? One last thing, Manscaped. Promo code FANSIDED20, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D in the number 20, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. We absolutely appreciate their support. And, hey, we appreciate all of you listening uh, to this podcast. We appreciate you being a part of the Rock Especially Talk. since the team stinks, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the thing. One thing you can count on with me and with Noah both is that we're going to tell you the team stinks. Yeah. And you guess know. what? We will still have stuff for you to read. And uh, we listen. uh, We don't have podcasts every day, but we have them out fairly regularly. But we have something out there for you to read every single day. How many people do that? For every day for three plus years now. Yeah. Holidays, whatever. We've had an article up. And guess what? We will tomorrow as well. So make sure you check out rocksfile.com. And on behalf of my friend and co-expert Noah Yingling, This is Kevin Henry signing off, and hey, go Rockies. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.